Another thing, you should also agree on the code words. You know, you can decide on to use like a safety word or a code word used with your children, your neighbors, your friends, or your coworkers to let them know that you are in a distress and you need help. If you do this, agree on a code word, the person that you're communicating the code to should have a specific plan to respond, such as calling the police immediately. Third, you should have an emergency plan. If you are living in a, an abusive situation, you should make a plan for dealing with violent episodes. Know the areas of your house that are safest for you to run. What you do not want to do is go into a small room with no escapes or a room with objects that can easily be used as a weapon. Also, you should open up a separate bank account and put aside money. This is for that when you have a separate bank account or credit card in your name only, this is a good way for you to plan ahead. And also, preferably have a like a PO box to receive mail that doesn't need to go through your abuser, like go through you guys' same address. You should start taking your money and channel it towards your own in that account and save time so that you'll be able to get started without having to worry about money at first. This is kind of like being prepared because you never know when you need to leave, when you're gonna need money, you will always have it. Another thing is to hide an overnight bag. To make sure you are able to leave at a moment's notice, pack an overnight bag and hide it somewhere safe where your abuser can't find it. Keep it light so you're easy to carry it and that you can just grab and go if you need to. Also, if you're on medication, keep any prescription medications with you very close, any type of legal identification and copies of important paperwork. You will need clothing, some toiletries. And another thing is when you have kids, you don't only have you to worry about, you have some other little people that you have to take care of. So maybe you should talk to a shelter a helpline, or a lawyer about whether it would be best to take your children with you when you leave. Now, if your children are in danger, you should do everything you can to get them out of danger. And with any type of woman, when those women and things kick in, when your kid is being threatened, you would do everything you can to keep them out of danger. That's like a mother cat and her kittens. If she feels someone is threatening or wanted to do harm to her baby, she will do whatever it takes to protect them. So it may be safer for you to leave alone to start with. Now before I get into the situation of getting out, I wanna tell you guys briefly about my domestic situation. I was about 20 years old 
high school, about to get out of high school, I had got married. And I have only been married for three months in fact. I know many of you will say, well, that's not a long time to be married. No, it's not. But I realized what was going on and I got smart and I got out of it. So rewinding forward to before I got married, I started going with my childhood friend. And still to this day, I blame my cousin for hooking me up with him. And I tell her this all the time, and she knows when she lies. But no, it's not your fault. I, I say that in a joking way. But while me and him was together, I didn't think that he would have those tendencies towards me. He was a nice person. He was a member of the football team. I didn't have no idea that he would turn out the way he did. Until recently when I wanted to do certain things, wanted to go certain places or visit my family members and he really didn't want me to go. And when I say he really didn't want me to go, I didn't want. You know what he did? He would sit on the hood of my car and somehow my car would just shut off. I don't know how he did it, but he did. And so the location where we used to be was in a backyard and it was a neighborhood, a very close neighborhood where everyone knew each other. My family didn't have an idea that all these things were going on. And I never tell them. He would do little things to me and I just wouldn't say anything because I loved him, I thought I loved him. But when you're young and you don't know anything, you think you're in love. And I've done a lot of crazy things, things that I shouldn't have done. I've never done drugs or anything like that, but I've done a lot of things that I could have got in trouble for. And so shortly after that, of us being together, probably through our years in high school, about three years, and that's when we got married. And that's when things really started to go downhill and I started to realize what I was going through. Not to say that I didn't realize it before we got married, but I really realized it once we got married because it was just me and him. He signed those papers. It wasn't no more of me going home to my family it was just me and him. And also, that day that really kicked it off was when I was going to a tech for college and my car had broke down. So he was taking me back and forth to school. He took me to school that one morning and he left me there all day so I could get my work, my tests done, everything I needed. And once I did that, I called him to come pick me up. He picked me up and he said, so how was school today? I said, oh, everything was fine. I really didn't get to do everything I needed to do. So he said, well, you was there all day, so what were you doing? 
you were in somebody's car, you were with somebody. So I said, no, I wasn't with no one. I was at school all day. He took me there, remember? So I stopped arguing. I tried not to argue with him. When I got home, I had it in my mind that I was going to call someone to pick me up. So when I got home, I got on the phone and I said, hi, granddaddy. I need you to come over to the house for me. I didn't tell him why I need him to come to the house. I just told him to come to the house. So as I was hanging the phone up, my ex-husband said, who are you calling? I said, oh, well, I called my granddaddy to come to the house. You know, come see me. He said, so are you trying to leave me? I said, no, I'm not trying to leave you. But you pushed me out the door. I ran. He came behind me and he catched me. And he put me in his car. And we drove off. And we went down this long dirt road. And he told me to get out the car. I locked the door. He said, you better unlock this door. So finally, I unlocked the door. I stood beside the car on the passenger side. He opened his trunk. While that was going on, a truck came by with multiple people in it that lived around that neighborhood. But they kept on going. They didn't know what was going on. So as I got out the car, he opened the trunk and he pulled out the rubber material from off the back of the truck. And he started hitting me with it. Like I was a guy. And I was this little old female just trying to protect myself, protecting my face, putting my hands over my face, just trying to talk with him, letting him know that everything is okay. It's fine. Let's just go home. Let's not even worry about it. Let's just go home. So finally he stopped. We got back in the car. We went home. Now remind you, when I called for my grandfather to come to the house, no one was there. So of course, my grandfather went back home and he got the rest of my family members. And he said, Pancho was not home. My keys, my jacket, my pocketbook was in the house, but I wasn't there. And everybody came looking for me. So we finally saw them as we were coming home, not turned into the yard yet. And I saw my mother and my grandmother. And he said, so what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go with me? Or are you gonna go with them? I said, I'm gonna go with you. Let's keep on going. I knew that we wouldn't got far because I knew that they would catch us and rescue me. So we rolled down the road a little bit, probably got about two miles up the road. Another family member came and stopped in front of us. And I'm not gonna go into all the details of what happened there, but let's just say, I got out the car. I was afraid to get out the car, but I got out of the car. The police came, took him in, and basically, that was it. That relationship was over. Right then and there, I decided that I was not gonna stand for someone to treat me that way when I have done what I was supposed to do. 
wow. He bothered me. He put stuff on my car. He wrote notes. He even carried a pitch around in his back pocket. Still was telling people that I was his wife. Things were a little hectic at first. And I know my situation is not as bad as other people's situations, but an abuse is an abuse. And I have been smart. I have been fortunate enough to have family and friends to help me and to not to go back to him. I had this one lady down at the police station. She was my victim's advocate. She helped me through this every day and still today, I love her for doing what she did for me. And every time I see her, she always reminds me of that day and how much of a butterfly that I turned into because I was a caterpillar. I was a caterpillar that was afraid to come out. And now I have that behind me. I am a beautiful butterfly and I am flying and soaring so high above the clouds. So you guys, it is not easy to get out of an abusive relationship. You have to have a plan. I had a plan in my mind that I wasn't going to antagonize him. I was going to let him think that everything was okay so we could go back home. That's what I did. So now that you know my situation or what I have went through that was my truth. And this is the first time that I've actually said my truth before anyone other than my family or the courts. Now, since I gave you a little background about me, I want to let you or anyone else who's out there experiencing anything like this, that once you are out of your domestic, physical, violent situation, change your password, get a personal protection order, block your abusers from online, please do not make contact and do not give a second chance. Even though you may have given a second chance and all it did was happen again. But all it's going to do is continue to happen and happen again and you're going to get to that point where you really can't go anywhere because you're going to be so far in. If you need help with anything, try attending a support group because you are not alone in this. And once you do feel that you're at that place where you can move on with your life, start dating other people, don't rush into that relationship so quickly. Take that karma for yourself to realize who you are, what do you want, and what is your worth. Now there is a domestic violence hotline for men and women in the United States. And the number is 
799-7233. That's SAFE. S-A-F-E. Be safe out there, people. I appreciate you for listening to my story. And I hope that I can prevent it from happening to someone else. Thank you for tuning me to episode four of Eating Your Friends Podcast. Peace.